International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast Orienteering Podcast uh, Warmly welcome you to a new episode And uh, it's a lot of things to talk about uh, this week uh, There's been uh, lots of... Uh, national champs and there has been some uh, pre woc 2025 and uh, relay league in uh, Finland and also uh, European University champs. Um, uh, what, what is uh, the highlight uh, for you this uh, weekend, Ivo? Well, to, to be honest, I was uh, really, really busy with the, a wedding on Saturday and on Sunday I was really tired after the wedding. So I have I think this is the most unprepared I've ever been for a orienteering podcast. So, but yeah, I, I was watching the the Swedish relay uh, on the way home uh, Sunday m- morning. So at least I have been I've been pretty updated on that one. Yeah, there was a lot of action in that that relay with a lot of cha- changes in the top positions, uh, and uh, yeah, also your sister was. Uh, uh running that relay so maybe that was uh because you were so interested um but um yeah well first of all we have to say that uh, yeah, among all those uh, things to talk about uh, in this episode uh, a junior european cup uh, has been uh, not so important for us uh, because there has been uh, so many yeah nations not sending runners to the junior cup uh, this autumn and uh, yeah there was uh, not uh, any swedish team not any danish team uh, not any norwegian teams and uh, uh, we can't even a swiss team no so, no yeah yeah that's that's four of the maybe six or four of the seven best nations not taking part so uh, of course it's a shame uh, but yeah you you know we have the swedish championship uh, in Norway, the Norwegian Championship is the weekend after, and then yeah, in Switzerland there was also some big junior national competitions. So, uh, unfortunately, bad timing this year. But uh, I think in general, Jack is a very important race um, because it gives the juniors something to aim for internationally, also after JWORK. Uh, so I really hope that the, the timing of Jack will be better for more countries in the future, and I hope that uh, we will see already next year a very very good. Uh, teams participating here all the top nations hopefully yeah it's uh, it's important to have a highlight in the autumn uh, so we keep on uh, training and uh, competing in a high level but uh, yeah we can uh, we can just say that it was uh, dominated by Czech Republic and Finland this year's uh, junior european cup but uh, from junior european cup that was held in belgium we can travel up to north in Sweden. Sundsvall and uh, Timrå uh, was the areas where the Swedish uh, middle and uh, relay champs were held. It was a qualifier in the middle on uh, Friday. Technical challenging and a lot of mistakes. Um, Really long winning time there. Did you look at the courses and uh, anything notable from the qualifications? Well, I think the the winning times are the most imp- important thing to notice here. Uh, of course, uh, the terrain was, it, it had been raining a lot, so it was very wet and therefore a bit slower than normal, but the, the courses were still way too long 
uh, in the elite class, the winning times were around 40 minutes. And normally in a Swedish champ middle qualification, the winning times are like seven, 27 minutes or something like that. Uh, the juniors were winning on 35 minutes, more than 10 minutes, more than normal. Uh, even in one of the women 21 heat, you qualified for the final with a time of 55 minutes in the middle distance. Uh, so that was really special. Uh, it was a little bit better in the final. Uh, so maybe the course setters had put a little bit more energy into thinking about the timing properly and estimating the winning times. But the, in the qualifications, there was, yeah, they were way too long. And of course, uh, people making mistakes were some part of it, but even those who did really good races, they were nowhere near the expected times. Uh, but yeah, we saw some some good runners being knocked out. Knocked out, for example, Ruslan Glebov. Uh, he he was the biggest name that was knocked out in the in the in the qualifications on Friday. And that was uh, that was uh, not expected at all. And uh, yeah, but uh, in the in the final on uh, Saturday, it was uh, not so as you mentioned, not so long winning times, but. Uh, not so uh, unexpected winners either. Uh, uh, we can start with the women's class. Uh, uh, the guessing in um, before the uh, competition was uh, Tove Alexanderson to win ahead of uh, Sarah Hagström and um, Anna Lundberg. Uh, not uh, not that bad guessing. Uh, no, but uh, also the Swedish women are quite easy to uh, guess often because the Tove is predictable always in the top uh, more or less every time and Sarah Hagström has been really really good this year uh, and then Hanna Lundberg is uh, a runner that has a very very high potential and on good days she's really really good but yeah uh, she's been struggling a little bit after world champs uh, she missed the world cup in Czech Republic her form neither physically or technically was top in the long distance last weekend and also here in the middle distance she was making too many mistakes and ended up a bit down the result list and instead we had uh, Alexanderson winning ahead of Hagström and then with Johanna Riedfeldt in third place uh, just edging Veronica Kalinina for the bronze medal. We can see also here that there's big differences in the results. Uh, it's uh, uh, almost 10 minutes uh, from uh, Tove to number 10. Uh, quite big gaps there. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Tove won with more than three minutes and Riedefeldt in third place is five minutes down. So the gaps are really, really big. Uh, I think the gap from third place to 10th place is about five minutes. That's not exceptionally big. It's just that the, in this kind of terrain and in the form Tove is now, she's just on a completely different level than the others. If we jump to the men's class... Um... The guessing was that uh, Albin Riedfeldt should win ahead of Simon Hector and Emil Svensk. Uh, there was uh, another Svensk brother uh, in top of this uh, uh, race. Yeah, so both Riedfeldt and Emil Svensk, they never showed up to, at the start line on the qualification. So they were obviously out of the race long before the final was even started. Uh, but yeah... Uh, when it was quite spread out among the women, it was much, much tighter among the men. Uh, between the top five, it's only 73 seconds. Uh, and that's not the much when the winning time is over 40 minutes in the middle distance. Uh, and yeah, Victor Svensk has been the, the best Svensk bro, uh, brother this uh, SM 
autumn. Uh, he won the long distance and now he took his second gold medal in a row, uh, winning 40 seconds ahead of Simon Imach and then with Anton Johansson in third place, uh, just ahead of Simon Hector in fourth place and then Joachim Svensk just outside the medals last week and just outside the medals here in fifth place. Uh, Victor, he actually also won the ultra long champs uh, early in the summer, in June. So he has uh, three in a row individually in the Swedish champs. And uh, Yeah, that's really impressive. That's really impressive because, yeah, we know that yeah, not all the best ones were here this week. Uh, Riedefeldt was not on the start, Emil Svensk was not on the start, Gustav Bergman was not on the start, but there's still, it is very, very high level. Uh, Anthony Wanson has been winning medals at the International Championship. Uh, Simon Hector has been really good in the World Cup when he has been running. Um, Martin Regborn has podiums in middle distance World Cup several times. So the level is really, really high. And when Victor Svensk is winning three out of three, Forest races uh, in Swedish champs this year so far. It's uh, it's extremely impressive. Actually, Regborn he has won a World Cup race in middle distance. Uh, yeah, in Finland a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, the first uh, World Cup race he ever won in uh, the 2017. It was uh, a middle distance then a chasing start uh, the day after, and uh, Riedefeldt won ahead of. Uh, uh, Regborn, Regborn won ahead. Regborn, of uh, sorry, yes. Regborn won ahead of uh, Olaf Lundones. Uh, but uh, back to the um, Swedish middle here, and uh, Victor, uh, we has uh, talked, we have talked to him, and he, he was satisfied with his last uh, race, and uh, just a few uh, small uh, mistakes. Uh, but he, as he say, it's a uh, really difficult terrain up there to go. Uh, to do a clean race. So he was uh, satisfied with his uh, performance there. Yeah, and then it was difficult to do clean races that we saw clearly in the relay the following day. Yeah, and um, after his uh, autumn, uh, Riedefeldt got uh, the last leg in uh, Tuna's uh, team. But uh, we start with the women, of course, as we always do. And uh, here was the guessing that... uh, IFK Göteborg should win the relay ahead of uh, Stortuna and Uka Lene. And uh, the, the teams on the podium was correct, but it was in a different order. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it was uh, a bit surprising to not see Sanna fast this weekend. Uh, I was expecting her to run and take a part in, in the IFK Göteborg's first team, uh, but she was not there in the middle distance, not there in the relay. Uh, so that means uh, they had uh, Ingrid Lundanes in the team together with Elin Monson and Sarah Hagström. Still a really, really good team. There is uh, Sarah Hagström was in the team both victories at Timila and Jukola. Uh, Elin Monson was in the team that, that won Timila and Ingrid Lundanes was in the team that won Jukola. So a very experienced team. Uh, but yeah, with uh, Stora Tuna in good form, uh, with Tove Alexandersson on the last leg, the task is obvious for the other teams. They have to get a gap before the last leg uh, and it didn't quite go that way for Göteborg. Yeah, they had a gap on almost three minutes on the Suratuna after first leg, uh, but Marie Olausen ran extremely well on the second leg and caught up and sent out Tove Alexandersen in the lead. So with Tove going out in the lead, uh, it's really, really hard for the others. Uh, of course, Sarah Axiom is one of the few that actually can challenge her on a good day. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, no discussion and Tove just 
increased the lead directly and in the end it was more than five minutes between them uh, but yeah i mean one of the most impressive things this weekend was uh, hannah lundberg's first leg because in the individual race she was bad uh, in the final and then clearly she wanted to take some revenge and on the first leg of the relay she was leading with the uh, i think it was almost seven minutes uh gap to team number two of course she was running against runners that are clearly on a lower level than what she is but still it's impressive to just run away from them directly and increase the lead all the way in. uh but uh, yeah and um stuartuna they were uh, 10 minutes down after first leg but uh, as you mentioned good uh, good leg from uh, marie olsen and uh, at uh, leg number two uh, yeah so but yeah so when yeah she was 10 minutes down but she was only three minutes behind EFK. so and that's the gap that matters uh, but yeah we saw we saw some teams making big big mistakes on the first leg and that of course helped Hannah Lundberg getting a, such a big lead uh, and but yeah the bat, Uko Irenen was never in the battle for the victory so that was kind of irrelevant kind of like you know when Martin Regborn got the big gap in Tiumila in Göteborg I mean, it's really cool for them to lead with five minutes, but it's not relevant for the result of the relay. No, no. And uh, yeah, uh, we also have uh, spoken to Marie Olausen after the relay. And as you mentioned, she said that uh, she got uh, to see IFK Göteborg during uh, her uh, leg. And that was uh, really good because uh, she knew that uh, that was one of the biggest contender, contenders to the victory. So then, then she could uh, run with the big uh, confidence. Uh, last part of the leg, uh, but yeah. that was a bit Ukolene. Um, uh, they didn't have any juniors in their team. I, I suspected they would. What do you think about that? No, I think it's uh, it's. Uh, I think it's normal in Sweden that the juniors are running the junior relay, even if they're good enough to take a sp- place in the first team on the elite level so yeah uh, did Ukoline girls won the junior class and they got a third place in the relay among the women elite so great weekend for the Linnea ladies uh, I don't think even with the best juniors in the women team I think they would still be far far behind Suratuna uh, so I think they got the best out of it with a victory in the junior class and a bronze medal in the in the elite class uh, and the bronze medal, it was a very tight fight between Uko Linné, Uko Tisan and Sundsvall. Uh, in the sprint, the home team Sundsvall, they were really in contention, uh, but they lost out in the final sprint. Uh, there was five seconds between those three teams, uh, placing third, fourth and fifth. Uh, so Uko Linné got the, got the bronze medal there after Johanna Riedfeldt deciding on the, on the last stretch. Uh, quite uh, nice to see Sundsvall and... Uh... Vastaviks uh, as number five and six. Uh, some teams that you not often see so uh, high up in their results. Yeah, and I think if you look at, for example, Tiumila, where if Göteborg were able to be one-two, uh, it's quite refreshing to see them here in the Swedish champs, only getting a second place and an eighth place for the two first teams. Uh, but yeah, of course, they didn't have all the top runners. Uh, they could have had a team with Sanna Fast, uh, with... Uh, Miritan Odum and some other girl that didn't even run, then they would have had three teams in the top nine uh, and probably two medals maybe. So, but yeah, uh, 
it's good to see several teams in the top and not only the second team and third team of the biggest clubs. Uh, we jump from the women's class to the men's class. Uh, uh, the guessing was uh, Stuartuna to take their uh, sixth victory in a row ahead of Ukulene and Hagerby. Uh, not uh, so far away, actually, even if uh, Stuartuna never were in the fight for winning the relay. I think uh, Stuartuna, they had a decent start. Joachim Svensk on the first leg, he was less than a minute behind. Uh, yeah. So that's that's more than good enough to be in the contention. Uh, but then Emil Svensk on the second leg had a really, really, really bad run. Uh, st- a, a, some really big mistakes, uh, and he lost ten minutes uh, to the fastest on the leg, and he lost six minutes to the leading teams. So and then it was really hard for Victor Svensk. I mean, starting six minutes behind, it's it's not impossible. Uh, but you have to run an extremely good race. I mean, if he had been running a race like he did at uh, at Yukula, um, for example, there might have been a chance. Uh, but he had a really bad race as well. Some big, big mistakes. And yeah, so both Emil Svensk and Victor Svensk was running really, really bad. And Tuna only ended up in eighth place. So yeah, this is the autumn of broken streaks. Uh, we had Gustav Bergman losing his five-year streak on the long-distance SM. And now we had Sturatuna losing a five-year streak on the relay SM. And then uh, there was, uh, uh, given that it was a fight for someone of the other uh, team uh, that we guessed in the top, uh, both Ukolene uh, and Hagerby was up there, but also Ifko Göteborg. Yeah, that was uh, slightly a surprise. Uh, they had a really good first leg from uh, the British runner Josh Dudley. He was just a few seconds behind the lead. And and then when you are in the front group, it's always a bit easier to go with the flow there. Uh, so yeah, we had three teams heading out together. Uh, four teams, more or less, actually, going out together on the last leg where we had uh, Uko Ravinen was in the lead, uh, starting out with uh, Ruslan Glebo on the last leg. Uh, Uko Linné was just a few seconds behind with Luca Basset. Uh, Yves Göteborg with Max Peter Beimer just behind there. And then Hagaby with Jekyll Lissell in fourth place was half a minute down. So we had four teams fighting for the medals. Um, and Hagaby were dropped quite early on by a big mistake from Jekyll Lissell. So then we had three teams fighting for it. And Luca Basset for Linné got the, a small lead quite early on the last leg and he was increasing slightly all the way into the finish and never really being threatened in, in the last part of the course. And yeah, so he, Linné got the victory almost two minutes ahead of Uko Ravine and that beat if we had to in a sprint for, for the silver medal. And, uh, and uh, it was also here nice to see um, Ivko Umeå high up in the results as number six. I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, nice to see. Yeah, we had Sundsvall uh, in the women's class in the top six and then Umeå um, among the men. Uh, they lost eight minutes on the first leg and were only 11 minutes behind in the finish. So they had two really good performances on leg two and three from Erik Handrup and Benjamin Neslund. Uh, Neslund is the guy that won the, the first leg at Umila very impressively. So it's it's very nice to see that there are teams from the north part of Sweden that is also competitive in these kind of relays. Uh, because Sweden is a big, big country, but uh, most of the good clubs are 
centered about uh, around Gothenburg, around uh, Uppsala, Stockholm, and around Dalarna. Uh, so it's good to see some from the north as well. Uh, about uh, fight for the victory. Uh, uh, been in contact with uh, Lucas, who uh, who uh, did decide this for uh, Upolinia, and he uh, said it was. Uh, he he had no idea that he was in the lead. Uh, he hoped a bit, uh, but he had no idea because he missed um, uh, he missed uh, first control with uh, maybe half a minute. Uh, but uh, and then he was alone after that. But it was a super cool and tricky race, and. Um, and uh, when he never saw anyone from the first control to the finish, he had no idea, but was really happy. Then he then he realized uh, he was running for the win. And uh, for Ukulene, that uh, has had uh, yeah, a bit. Uh, they stepped down in Tiumila and uh, in Yukla. They were number two after a sprint finish. It uh, was really good to have a victory now. And uh, for Lucas, Tiumila was really bad, uh, uh, but. Uh, in Yukla, there was a disappointment because uh, they ran so good, but they only get paid with the second place. And he also mentioned about uh, you talking about the wedding. Uh, he uh, said also that uh, it hasn't been super serious uh, focus lately with lots of bachelor parties and Rasmus wedding last week. So it, we didn't really believe uh, to win the gold medal in this relay. And we have to mention it was uh, two two in a row, two weekends in a row for uh, Osmus Andersson. Wedding last weekend and uh, gold medal in Swedish champs this week. Yeah, that's not a, a bad period for him. Um, so, yeah. And I think uh, Oskar Sjöberg is also getting married very, very soon. So, he is also in a, in a, in a good, good period of his life. Yeah, and... Um... And we know that uh, they used to call Rasmus Andersson uh, the grand old man, isn't it? Uh, that isn't that true? Yeah. Mm, uh, well, I mean, he's not that old, but uh, in Linnea there is a lot of young students in in the Uppsala student uh, life. So that, uh, of course, uh, ever compared with them, he's uh, really old. I think he's pushing thirty-five in a few soon. So yeah, I mean, yeah. You need to find uh, the wheelchair soon, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for those who aren't, aren't, uh, are not so old, uh, they can look forward to uh, world champs in um, Kuopio in uh, Finland in 2025. And um, ahead of that, there was a pre, uh, pre-race or pre-walk uh, this weekend with a middle distance on uh, Saturday. And there uh, was uh, the Finnish Relay League on Sunday. Uh, really interesting um, there with uh, yeah uh, mostly Finnish runners, but also some other uh, big names. Um, uh, in the women's class, um, something to notice there, uh, Ivo? Yeah, the women, women's class was quite close. Uh, we had a nice battle between Mia Nikkinen and Venla Harju and uh, the, the junior world champion from last year, Elisa Mattela, uh, where Nikkinen took the victory half a minute ahead of Harju and then Matela in third place almost a minute down and then there was a bigger gap down to the other the other girls uh, worth noticing Evalina Oyanao in fifth place uh, very strong from the junior she will she will still be a junior in two years time when there is the home world championship for the Finnish runners but I will be I will not be surprised at all if she's uh, more if she's on the start list uh, that world champs even if she's still a junior by then 
Uh, now uh, she's already been uh, ma- making her debut in the World Cup, so uh, yeah, uh, she can definitely be in that uh, team. Uh, but uh, then she has to beat some of the uh, Finnish girls she was beaten of uh, this uh, weekend. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I mean, she's 18 this year, so there should be uh, plenty of room to improve, uh, even if she's already really, really good. Uh, in the men's class, it was uh, bigger gaps and an uh, impressive victory for uh, one of the Finnish guys, I would uh, say. Yeah, so Oleo are now uh, really, really good. Uh, I think the, the first few controls, he was fast, but not extremely fast. And then she had, he had a really, really good long leg uh, and took the lead and just increased the lead all the way to the finish. And here the gaps were really big, I would say, uh, if you look at the quality of the runners. So Oleo now wins with one and a half minute ahead of uh, Kasper Fosse. Etu Savolainen in third place is more than three minutes down. And then we have good runners, like in sixth place, we have Thomas Krivda, we have Timo Sild, uh, and also the the legend Alexander Kratov still in the top 10 of a uh, technical middle distance. So, but yeah, I think uh, this was a really, really good race from Oliver and Al, and maybe some kind of a warning signal to, to the others uh, regarding the World Championship in two years that Obviously, he's, this terrain suits him really, really well. It could be uh, really Oyano champs uh, in two years there, with uh, Evelina in the women's class and Oli in the men's class. Uh, after uh, the race on Saturday, uh, Oli quoted that uh, it was a stable race uh, where he had just a few hesitations, uh, but uh, nothing bigger than 10 seconds. But he was a bit surprised that uh, the terrain was... Uh, Tougher than he expected and uh, tougher than uh, the terrain they had been training in, in the camp with the national team uh, the days before. And uh, now he's um, mostly p- preparing for the European sprint champs. Uh, and um, that will be his first sprint champs. So he will. Uh, uh, he is quite excited, excited to, um, to do a good job uh, ahead of that. And that will be interesting to see him there, I, I uh, expect. But... Uh, we got to see him um, already the day after on Sunday in the relay league in Finland. But we can uh, start with the women's class there. Yeah, so the women's class, uh, it was a battle between Tampere Pirinto and Kalman Rasti. Uh, they got away on the second leg uh, with Kalman Rasti first to the changeover. Uh, and then you had Mia Nikkinen starting out in the lead. Uh, with uh, Venla Haru chasing about a minute behind, uh, and Haru she was she wanted revenge from the second place the day before, so she caught up with Nittenen, and in the end she decided it. So Tampere Pirente won three seconds out of Kalman Rasti. Um, in third place we have the Etisa team, uh, four minutes down, and then we have Rasti Karikut and Helsing as soon as that uh, to fill out the top five. But the, from yeah from the top two the gaps were quite big. Uh, in the fourth from the fifth team, they were around 10 minutes down. So quite big gaps on, on a short relay. The the legs were just over half an hour. So obviously very good running from Tampere Pirant and Calvin Rasti. And yeah, it, it must have been really nice TV uh, with the battle between the Hagiu and Nittinen on the, on the last leg. Uh, you say it's uh, quite big gaps in the women's uh, relay. In the men's, uh, the short legs make it uh, really tight there in the... In this relay, 
Very tight, and we had four teams uh, making out uh, about the victory on the last leg. Uh, we could have had five teams because uh, Ole and I started uh, one and a half minute behind the lead uh, on the sec on the last leg, and just behind Italist Nusva Voima. Uh, that was one of the four teams that got to fight for the victory in the end. Uh, but Ole he injured himself uh, early in the race and had to abandon. So that means that we had uh, a battle between. Uh, uh, between uh, Kjartov, he was starting out in the front for Kove, Alex and uh, Mikko Erola, sorry, Mikko Erola for Tampere Pirinte, uh, Thomas Krivda for Kalman Rastin, Eto Savolainen for Italisten och Svavojma. And the battle here was really, really good. Um, and it was all decided on the way to the, to the second last control, uh, where Kalman Rastin was leading with yeah, half a minute maybe, 25 seconds half a minute, and then there was a bit longer leg to the second last control. Uh, Krivda took a route choice going down onto our road, uh, didn't execute it optimally, uh, and Italist Nusva Vojvam Savline went on a direct route choice and passed Krivda. So I haven't seen the TV uh, coverage of it, but this is like the dream of how we want our team relay to be decided. You have a team that looks to be going on the way to the victory, and then it's all decided on a, the orienteering with the route choice in the end. Uh, the gap between them was seven seconds in the finish. Kalman Rast second place. Tampa Pirinte half a minute down in third place. And Kove 45 seconds down in fourth place. So really, really tight battle. And probably one of the most exciting relays we've seen this year. Yeah, and uh, it's also interesting when you have uh, such... Uh... High-level runners fighting for the victory there. And, uh, yeah, the, side, the decision so late in the relay. But you were talking about Ole Oya now. He actually dislocated his uh, shoulder. And uh, and in Sunday evening, he was not uh, sure uh, how serious uh, this injury was. Uh, he needed to go to the doctor uh, on Monday to, to get a diagnosis of that uh, injury. But uh, we hope he will be back... Um, fit for uh, at least uh, Europeans later in the autumn. Yeah, I think he has, is it six weeks until European champs? So I think that should be fine. Uh, I, I My brother, Ola, he, dis, he dislocated his shoulder at Tumila in Falun 2016 and he missed the European champs, but that was just after that. So I think within six weeks, that, of course it depends how how badly the shoulder is injured, uh, but I think it's it's possible for him to be able to get back in time before European champs. Have you heard the story uh, about um, after uh, the warm up to that relay for Ulo? No, I'm not sure what you're thinking about. No, he came to the arena to Umila there in Falun, and he started warming up with his running shoes. And uh, when he was going back to the Holden tent. Uh, pick up his uh, competition shoes, um, orienteering shoes, uh, uh, they were they were not there where he had placed them. So probably a junior in Halden had uh, picked the wrong shoes when he left the tent. And what and what do you do then? Uh, you, uh, it was Emil Wingstad's job to go to the... Okay, this is preskriberat, uh, as they say in, um, in Sweden. Yeah. It's, uh, it's too outdated. late to... Too, too late to charge him for this in the court. 
but he has to he had to break into the sports shop um, at the arena and uh, and uh, bring back the biggest orienteering shoes uh, they had to Olaf. You know he has so big uh, feet, so he uh, and then he ran in in the new stolen shoes on that leg. No, I, I have actually never heard it. Um, but I mean, I think his shoe size is like 47 and a half or something like that. So it can't be easy to find the big enough shoes. No, Emil had to just pick the biggest he found. So uh, uh, so that was the story. So he had, um, yeah, uh, brand new shoes, uh, new stolen from the sports shop at Tio um, Milan. But um, from Tio uh, uh, Milan... <laughs> 2016 to this year's uh, Danish champs in middle distance in Hillerud. Yeah, so the Danish championship, they had a middle distance on Saturday and a knockout sprint on Sunday, uh, where the knockout sprint, of course, is a very, very important selection race for the European champs team. Um, but we start with the first race in middle distance. Uh, among the women's, we saw quite big uh, gaps for a very short race. Uh, the winning time was below 30 minutes. Uh, so completely different specter from, from the Swedish champs. Uh, Cecilia Friberg-Kristner won the Danish champs ahead of Agnes Nørgaard-Tacht and then with Malin Agevi Kristiansson in third place. Uh, but the gaps were one minute between number one and two and Kristiansson in third place was uh, two and a half minutes down. So clear victory for Cecilia Kristner here. Um, and I think you have spoken with her. So you have maybe some insight about the race yeah, she felt it was a quite clean race. Um, uh, apparently a bit slow in the beginning, but Elst um, uh, was uh, really stable and uh, nice uh, orienteering for her. And uh, she is also aiming for uh, the Europeans. Uh, that will be her um, uh, last race or last important race this season. And uh, in the, she, uh, we could see already before the start of this race that the last year's winner... Uh, Miri Tranödem, she didn't show up to, to the start. Maybe you mentioned that. No, uh, I didn't say that. But yeah, uh, normally Miri has been the best Danish runner on the women's side in the forest the last yeah, five, six, seven years. Uh, so she, if she had been on the start line, she probably would have been the favorite. But it seems like Kristner did a really good race. So it's not it's not given that Miri Tranödem would have been able to beat her. And you know, you can only beat the ones that are lining up at the start. So... Um, I don't think it ever makes a difference that uh, some runners didn't take part. But um, in the men's class, it was um, yeah uh, maybe the best were to the start there. I would say we were missing uh, uh, Rasmus Tranödem, but uh, Marius Tranödem. Uh, Marius Tranödem. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're mixing it with uh, Rasmus Tranhansen probably. <laughs> yeah, the former yeah. junior world champion. Yeah, it's hard with all those Tjana in Denmark. Yeah, but there was uh, one of them who won uh, this race also. Yeah, so Søren Tjanaudum. He's running a race in Denmark. He's, of course, the big, big favorite. Uh, and yeah, so it's no surprise that he's taking the victory. Uh, he was about one and a half minute ahead of Andreas Bokbjørnsen in second place. And then Asbjørn Kaltoft in third place was just behind that. So... Yeah, it was a, a tight fight for the silver and the bronze medal uh, because there was a few guys that were less than half a minute behind the, the last medal spot. So a bit closer among the men than among the women. Uh, but yeah, we got a clear winner in both classes. 
Yeah, and I also spoken to Søren after the race, and uh, he said uh, he went to the competitions uh, with uh, uh, not that big expectations because the race took place in one of the most boring terrains in Denmark. But the organizers, <laughs> uh, but then he said also that the organizers had done a great job with the courses, so it was fun and fast. And uh, his race was good and stable, and uh, yeah. just a minimum of, uh, of mistakes. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a very very spoiled uh, Scandinavian. You know, with I've been running so much in nice terrains in Norway and Sweden, and I my impression is that most terrains in Denmark is slightly boring. So if it's the most boring forest in Denmark, it has to be really bad. So then it's really good to hear that the organizers were able to make a good course out of it. Yeah, yeah, they made it good, and uh, no, uh, uh, Søren is aiming to be in good shape and uh, be able to challenge the big guns, as he named them, in the European Champs in October. Uh, at the moment, he is not in the best shape uh, due to some troubles of the World Champs, uh, and he has only been doing alternative training and forest sessions since October last year. So there is definitely some work to do in sprint-wise. But as you mentioned earlier, Ivo. Uh, if he uh, keeps uh, healthy and out of injury the next one and a half month, then it uh, could be possible to be up there in the mix in the Europeans. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not quite sure about Søren Kvarnodim's chances in sprint races. In in my eyes, he is more of a forest runner. Uh, but we will we will see if he can prove me wrong uh, either now in the European Champs or in the in the Sprint World Championship next year. Uh, but I think he has a bigger chance to win international medals in the forest, uh, but we will see in the future. He tested his uh, sprint skills already the day after uh, the middle distance era in the Danish champs in the knockout sprint. Uh, uh, they had a qualifier um, in the morning and then uh, directed to se- semi-final and then uh, final. So it was a tough uh, knockout sprint, but uh, on, not, uh, not all the heats that you have internationally. No, but it also seems like they have bigger hits. Uh, so, for example, there were eight runners in the final, not six like there's internationally. Uh, I'm not sure if that affects the yeah the way the races run. I think uh, when you're having a national competition in Denmark like this, I think the level of the guy number five, six, seven, eight is lower than guy number five and six in the international race. So maybe it doesn't matter really if that there's a bigger heat. Uh, we had four in the men's class. We had four guys fighting for the victory in the end. Uh, but Andreas Bokbjørnsen, no surprise, uh, took the victory. He was really good in the knockout sprint at Awesome last weekend. Um, yeah, he's a very fast runner. And I think he has a really good kick as well, which is always important in a knockout sprint. And he got the, the gap he needed to take a quite comfortable win. Three seconds ahead of Magnus Devet. And then Linus Agri Kristiansson was in third place, and Søren Trauder just outside of the podium in fourth place. And uh, Bok Fjonsson, he also won the, the qualifier or the prologue in the morning there. And uh, after talking to him, he uh, said that his tactic in the finals was uh, to make his own decisions and, uh, and uh, running in high speed from uh, start and used um, long legs. To uh, read um, further on in the in the course, uh, and he uh, succeeded quite good with that, uh, and uh, not any mistakes at all in the 
executions. So as yeah, you mentioned, think, yeah, yeah, I think if you're if you have the feeling that you are the best runner in the field, uh, I think that's a good tactic because then you can control everything in your speed. And then if you also know that you're the fastest guy in the end, if it comes together for a sprint, uh, yeah, then I I think it's good to. Yeah, to, to go to the front and just uh, keep a steady, hard pace and then increase, increase, increase uh, and then kill them in the end. And uh, who killed who in the women's class? Yes, in the women's class there was quite big, much bigger gaps. Uh, in the men's class we had four runners within four seconds. In the women's class it's almost half a minute between the top four. Uh, Josefine Lin uh, won seven seconds out of Cecilia Kristner. And then Marlin Agivik Christiansson in third place was 14 seconds down. And Ida Agivik Christiansson in fourth place was 25 seconds down. So basically they came in with quite clear gaps between them. Yeah, and uh, we also spoke to Josephine after the race. Uh, she said uh, that her tactic was uh, to let group uh, uh, get the uh, initiative in the start and uh, look which uh, way they uh, choose to go on the route choices. Uh, uh, after the first uh, uh, two, the first uh, long leg uh, to po- uh, control number five, uh, uh, they he, she and Cecilia had the best route choice, uh, and uh, then from there on they were uh, ahead of the other runners. Uh, and then uh, she was a bit unsure what was the best uh, to uh, uh, control number eight. Uh, she um, chose to turn around and. Uh, Run uh, back out of the out of the control, and uh, and there uh, Celia Kibaklusner took another route choice, and uh, from then on, Josephine was uh, ahead of her also, and just had to keep her behind. So mm. uh, she definitely has uh, quite good kick. Uh, she also. Yeah, and I think uh, it's worth noticing that uh, it it was quite long. Uh, races uh, in the final, the women had almost 12 minutes of running time, so I, I guess that contributes to the big difference as well. As well, uh, because normally internationally we have I don't know is it seven eight minutes, and therefore of course it's naturally a bit closer just because it's much shorter. Uh, but yeah, um, it's uh, I think in general we see it uh, quite often that there is bigger gaps in the women's side. Uh, slightly because there is a, a slightly bigger difference in the physical capacity, but I think also in general the women are more independent in their orienteering in the knockout sprint. Like we say here, they were taking different route choices all the way. Uh, I think it, I have a feeling that in the men's class it's more like they are looking at each other, and then if they yeah they see there's route choice options. If everyone goes one way, it's easy to follow. Uh, while in the women's class, they're often more independent in the choices. And then uh, it can, yeah, it can be more exciting there. Actually, uh, we jump uh, back to Switzerland, uh, where you are living, but you're on your uh, on travel back home to Norway for the Norwegian champs um, the coming weekend, but. Uh, in Switzerland, there was European universities orienteering champs with the sprint on Friday, middle on uh, Saturday, and a relay on Sunday. If we start with the sprint uh, for the women's, uh, it was the first, the first year senior uh, winning there. Yeah, so uh, I think we said last week that uh, of this 
championship it's it's not really a big deal uh, but at least uh, there was uh, quite a lot of good runners. Uh, we had a lot of Swiss runners, of course, and then some French runners, Czech runners, and Finnish runners. Uh, and here we got the victory from Finland in the women's class with the first year senior, he, Han Hilo. Uh, she got the win 13 seconds out of Ellen Gempele. And we know that Ellen Gempele is, is a good sprinter with uh, good international results. So I think it's uh, impressive from Han Hilo to, to beat Ellen Gempele in such a sprint race. Uh, and then the bronze medal went to Florian Hanauer, the French girl, uh, but she was almost four, uh, she was more than forty seconds behind the winner, so the gaps were quite big here. Yeah, I talked a bit to Han Hilo, uh, who was uh, really uh, satisfied with her uh, race. Uh, it was uh, really good and stable. Uh, only a little mistake, approximately ten seconds to control number fifteen, and some small hesitations. Uh, so. Uh, uh, in a, such technical sprint, she is really satisfied to do so uh, s- uh, small mistakes. Uh, that suited her really well, this uh, sprint with so technical uh, uh, orienteering, uh, because she had prepped uh, or geeked, as she called it, a lot before the race. Because uh, uh, she don't think Swiss Hills is uh, her force. And uh, and when she is so good in this sprint, of course, uh, uh, she has a goal of uh, qualify for the for the Finnish team in the European Champs in and uh, uh, sprint uh, this autumn. And I, I think be... that, I think that, I think that should be very very possible. Uh, if I'm not mixing her up with someone else, now, I think in at the World Cup in Czech Republic, she was running the sprint and she was running really well for a long long time. And then she made a big, big mistake uh, in the multi-level uh, where there was a lot of people struggling. Uh, so I think she was, I think she had capacity for a top 10 result in Czech Republic. So, and winning here, uh, she's obviously in very, very good sprint shape. So she should definitely be one to watch out for at the European Champs. And uh, we should, uh, in the European Champs, we should uh, definitely watch out for some of the Swiss guys. Uh, they were dominating this sprint in the university champs. Yeah, and here we have some really, really good runners. Uh, the battle for the victory was in the end between Ricardo Rankan and Joey Hardorn. Uh, both of them have had a lot of good international results in sprint races. And Rankan got the victory six small seconds ahead of Hardorn. And then there was more Swiss guys in the top. Florian Atteger was number three, Tino Polsini was number four, and Timo Suter was number five. And Timo Sutri is a guy that he was top 10 at the World Cup sprint in Czech Republic. So uh, I think the level in the men's class is, uh, was really, really high from an international perspective, if you look at it that way. Uh, I think these Rankan, Hadorn, Sutri, I think all of them have, them have potential for a top six at the European Champs. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, really tough uh, here uh, among the Swiss and... Uh, Maybe also a lot of prestige among them. Yeah, uh, they, of course they have the, the Swiss have the selection races for European champs uh, this week, the coming weekend. So I think it was a good test for these guys to to get the high quality sprint training day uh, with the qualification in the morning and a final in the afternoon uh, as a training for for the for the real the real deal the selection race for the European champs that is coming up. 
and I think yeah, looking at the courses, uh, it's it seemed like a really good sprint course. Uh, and yeah, I spoke with some of the Swiss guys that were there, and they were really happy with the quality of the event. So it was a perfect training day for them. And uh, from that training day, it was a new uh, uh, training day with competitions in the middle distance on uh, Saturday. And uh, here we saw uh, a Hungarian stepped up uh, to the top of the podium in the women's class. Yep, uh, Sofia Safkosi, uh, the young Hungarian runner, she she won the race. Uh, Hanna Müller, uh, second place. I think she in the results here he, she is listed as. Uh, as Swiss, uh, but I think she's both Swiss and German because that's the Hanna Miller that runs internationally for Germany. Uh, so we had Hungary, Germany, and then Switzerland with Katrin Miller in third place. So uh, very interesting podium here. Uh, Sophia Sarkozy was really, really good as a junior. And then we haven't seen that much of her uh, in the first three, four years as an elite runner. Uh, but yeah. Winning here is, uh, of course, uh, a good performance, and it's, it should be a result that she can take with her and build some confidence because she's she's beating good Swiss girls in Switzerland, um, and that's always worth something. Yes, we should uh, uh, see from her comments after the race. Uh, she needed some confidence because she's uh, uh, she's telling that she came to these races. Uh, just to socialize and have fun after a very disappointing summer season. Uh, but in this race, she had a quite clean race, uh, but uh, she didn't expect that the speed uh, would be enough uh, for a win. Uh, and she has uh, not, she's not been uh, going for a sprint um, uh, focus. Uh, she will, her next goal is. Um, European champs in uh, home soil in uh, 2024. Yeah, and uh, it's good to have some confidence. And I think the motivation for the, the the young Hungarian team should be really big. You know, they have the European champs next year, and then they have the world championship at home ground in four years. And there is a lot of good runners that is from. Yes, I think Sofia Sarkozy is 24 this year, and yeah, so from. 25 years and down to the junior age now. They have a lot of runners that have been performing good internationally in AOC and JWOC. And now with two upcoming championships at home ground, uh, they have every chance to, to finally take the big step also on the elite level. Yeah, and from Hungarian 24-year-old, uh, it was a Swiss 24-year-old who won in uh, the men's class. Yeah, so Reto Eker won the, the men's class. We had a full Swiss podium with Kino Polsini in second place and Manuela Ren in third place. Uh, then we had the Hungarian Jonas Ferenc in uh, fourth place. And then the junior world champion in the long distance from this summer, Jakub Szalupski in fifth place. So yeah, three Swiss guys in the front, but then we have some... Uh, some other countries involved as well. And it was yeah quite close uh, between the top five. It was less than two minutes. So that's how it should be in a middle distance race. Not too big gaps and a lot of runners in contention for a medal. Ratuaga, uh, he, uh, he said uh, after the race, it uh, felt all right. I uh, controlled the stable st starting phase of the race and uh, had a pretty good flow through the middle part. But uh, he got a bit sloppy towards the end and did a mistake to the 12th control. 
almost half a minute and lost the, the flow thereafter. But uh, lucky for him, it was uh, only two controls to go and he could finish on top. Uh, and he is quite satisfied with this race. He had um, uh, quite the same uh, feeling as uh, at the World Cup medal in Czech Republic. Uh, just maybe not quite the same punch physically. And then mm. I asked him of the rest of the season. And uh, he um, was uh, not, uh, it's not clear because uh, it's um, depending if he will be uh, selected for uh, the AOC sprint that will be held uh, next weekend in Switzerland. Yeah, Reto is, he, I think he has a chance to qualify for the Swiss team, but he is not a sprinter. He's more clearly more of a forest runner. And I mean, he's a really good forest runner. Uh, he was he was a reserve for the Swiss World Championship team this summer. He was just outside the top ten at the World Cup in Czech Republic middle distance. Um, so internationally, he's already proven in the forest that he's good. Uh, I think he has a, maybe a fifty-fifty chance of qualifying for the Swiss team, but uh, I will not be surprised if he has to go to Sweden and run Shifemana instead of running European champs. Yeah, he said that uh, that is a good uh, back backup plan, and uh, he's also looking forward for the uh, Swiss middle and long distance champs. So he has uh, his uh, training diary and calendar fully booked for the autumn anyway. No, I'm just joking, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of uh, races and uh, opportunities. Yep, and then uh, at the end of this uh, European University Orienteering Championship, there was a sprint uh, relay. Uh, but this was a weird stuff. It's 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 with three different classes. One, uh, all the relays were for two runners, so two runners running two legs. So there was one class with women, women, one class with men, men, and one class with men, men and women. So I don't think we bother about the results here. Uh, but I will tell uh, something I think is a bit uh, funny and also very impressive um, because yes, I, I was in the wedding uh, of. Florian Hovalt and Elena Ross, uh, and there was also Joey Hardorn, and he was at the dance floor until three o'clock, and I think it was maybe, yeah, three forty-five or something before he got in bed at the hotel, uh, and then at six o'clock he took the train from Ticino uh, to to San Gallen, where his European champ was held, four-hour train ride or something like that, and then he ran the fastest time. Uh, against quite good runners, uh, basically with no sleep. So tough, tough weekend for him. With the, he was running the sprint on Friday, then down for the wedding, dancing all night, and then up to run a race again on Sunday morning. Very impressive. Yeah, you know what they say. Um, hero in uh, night, also hero in the day. So uh... Yeah, but definitely. The... Joey Hardorn is one of those guys. But um, we can take a look at what's uh, coming up uh, uh, next uh, here. Um, and who will be heroes uh, when there is a Norwegian champ in, um, in um, a bit north of Kristiansson. And um, there will be Finnish champs in Joensu uh, the coming weekend. We start with the Norwegian champs. Uh, have you looked at... Uh, terrains there and um, uh, how, how uh, do you think the courses will be and uh, uh, the runners uh, coming um, there to, to participate yeah I think uh, it would be a great week I'm looking forward a lot I will go up and run all the races uh, just because I think the terrain is looking really nice and it's something 
yeah, the courses should be good there. Often, basically every year, it's good courses at Norwegian Championship. So I'm looking forward. Uh, I think the terrain, it's going to be rough. Uh, I, of course, I've been enjoying the Swiss summer and the Swiss early autumn. Uh, but I think there has been raining quite a lot in Norway. So I expect very heavy terrain and slow running. Uh, so I think the long distance will be a really tough race uh, physically. Um, luckily, it's uh, below 15 kilometers, so it should be possible for the fastest runners to not run that much over 90 minutes. But it will be it will be a tough, and it it is a really tough weekend with the long distance on Thursday, middle qualification on Friday, middle final on Saturday, and then a relay on Sunday. So four races in uh, four days for those who are running everything. So it's really going to be a hard weekend for those uh, warriors that are going for all the four races. Uh, worth mentioning is that uh, the middle finals and the relay will be broadcasted on the uh, Norwegian television. So that's that's good for the orienteering in Norway. Yeah, and you know, that's um, one of the reasons why I'm running everything. Normally, over the last few years when I've not been training that much, I've, I've often been running the long distance and then have two rest days and then I run the relay. Uh, but now I have a small hope of uh, getting some TV time in the middle distance uh, if I can qualify for the final. Uh, yeah, you, you don't think you will get any uh, in the relay when you uh, first leg there is the best opportunity, I would think. Yeah, uh, of course, we will have to see how the teams will be. Uh, maybe I, I think I will be in Turing's second team, so then maybe I can say I want to run first leg and then try to come on TV. Uh, but no, it's it's it, it's much cooler if you start really early in the middle distance final, and then you have a good race, and maybe your name shows up on some TV controls or something like that. Uh, two years ago, it was also broadcasted, and uh, there was a, a guy in the middle distance who did actually that. Start number seven. Do you remember who? Oh, no, no idea. Mats Edsmo. He started as number seven, and he got. Um, Position number seven uh, in the end, also in the result list. So he was in the lead quite a long time. And, uh, and got yeah, I mean that's of... I mean that's the dream. Uh, you start early, so you put good times on all the TV controls, so your name will always show up. And then you come to the finish, and they interview you, and then you're sitting in the leaders' chair, and they maybe film you like a lot of times. So I think if you want uh, to have maximum publicity, and you're not the best guy that can win the race, then you should do slightly bad qualifiers you have an early start and then you do a really good race in the final uh, but there has been uh, Norwegian champs in this terrain before 1982 the, the distance that is now called ultra long distance and uh, the winner in the men's class has some connection with uh, some who potentially can uh, win also this year so then I guess it was Sigurd Eli that won the race ah good guess but it was uh, Nils Addy Hastor and that's the father of Victoria uh, Yes, one of the clear medal contenders for for the races, both in the long distance and the middle distance. Yes, that's right. And then we can uh, go on to the contenders, uh, the other uh, medal contenders. Uh, we start with the long distance on Thursday. Um, who do you think will uh, take the medals there in the women's class? Uh, I think this race is. This these uh, Norwegian champ races will be extremely interesting, not only because it's always interesting to see who wins the Norwegian championship, but also because it's uh, we still have the generational battle. Um, 
so I think you know you have the yeah the national team runners now with Andrine Benjaminsen, Victoria Stabjørnstad, Ingrid Lundanes, Arne Dierfor, uh, Camilla Staver, and then you have the legends, uh, Marianne Andersen and Margrethe Helsingorbe. And I'm going for a win for the for the for the new generation in the long distance. Uh, Andrine Benjaminsen is my favorite, and then I think she will be hard challenged by the two veterans. So I'm going for Hauske Norberg in second place and Marianne Andersen in third place. Interesting. Um, it was actually the two uh, you have a guest on top here was also on top when the last time there was this King's Cup as we have in Norway on the long distance back in 2019, four years ago. Yeah, and I mean... I will not be surprised if Heiske Nurberg and Maran Andersen is also fighting for the King's Cup in the long distance in four years' time, but we will have to wait and see. Yeah, we take uh, one weekend at a time here now, uh, and uh, one class at a time. Uh, what do you think about the uh, men's class? Yeah, I have no idea what to think, actually, because um, yeah, Kasper Foster is not running. Uh, if he was running, it would have been, he would have been the big favorite. Uh, Eskil Schindberg is not on the start list. Uh, Lucas Lilan is not on the start list. He's been, he's already gone to Brazil and he's gone from the Team World for a given time. Uh, Gerte Stever is not on the start list, um, and we know that a lot of runners have already shifted the focus fully over on the sprint race. So I think we can. This is a race where I think we could see some very interesting results. Um, but I think the favorites should be yeah the Anthony du Elias Jonsson and Erik Langdal Breivik and Howard Sansta Eitzmo. Those three are the ones I'm thinking about. They should be the top top favorites. Uh, but I think we will see some surprises here. So I'm going for Elias Jonsson as the winner, and then I'm going for ah. I want to say Magne Dele in second place. I'm not sure about his form. He's, he's been struggling a bit this year, but I think his, his motivation should be good for this race. So Magne Dele in second place. And then I'm going for a wild card in third place. Uh, Thomas Natvigorsta. Uh, he has medals from the long distance in Norwegian Championship before. Uh, a long time ago, I think in 2013, he got his first one. Uh, he was impressing me a lot at the at the Swiss U-Week. Uh, so if his training has been going well, I'm, I think he can be a very dark horse in this kind of terrain. Yeah, a dark horse with a, a light uh, hair cut. Um, and then uh, really interesting there uh, in the men's class. Uh, and uh, middle distance uh, on um, Saturday. Any, um, any new on the top there? Yeah, so here I'm going for... Uh victory for the old generation in the women's class. So I'm going for Marianne Andersen uh, for the victory. And then uh, Anne Dyrkorn in second place and Hauske Norberg in third place. Uh, so I think uh, neither Benjaminsen or Camilla Staver are on the start list. But Marie Olesen is of course on the start list. So I'm going for her in third place, not Hauske. So Marianne Andersen, Anne Dyrkorn and Marie Olesen. Yeah, I uh, I missed Olsen actually in uh, in the guessing here, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, she think you think she will get a bronze medal there, and who yes. will get the medals in the 
Men's class. Here yeah, as so mentioned, he... we have Kasparfosa uh, at the start list. Yeah, so he is not running the long distance, but he's coming for with fresh legs in the middle distance. And I think he will uh, win that race. Yes, yeah, he got beaten by Oleo and Ao, uh, but he was still quite far ahead of the others there. So his forest form is uh, still pretty good, even if he's already mentally and also training-wise uh, has been focusing on the sprint the last few weeks. Uh, so I'm going for him as the victor. And then I go for Erik Langdahl-Breivik in second place. Uh, and then a bit of a surprise maybe, I'm going for Vegard Jarvis Vestergaard. Uh, the Canadian Canadian runner in third place, uh, but I think this is a race where we can have a lot of guys challenging for medals. Um, I think some of the the Antony guys uh, that is not really that known outside of Norway, for example, a guy like Anders Wester, Sander Arnsen, those guys can definitely be fighting for a medal as well. And then we have some really really interesting starts from yeah from from the old generation. Uh, Every year, Norwegian Championship in middle distance. The question is like, can Anders Nuberg win a medal also this year? Uh, he he did that last year, I think. Didn't he get the bronze medal last year? Yeah, both uh, last year and two years ago, he he got medals. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but this year, I I I think I've said it every time since yeah since 2014 or something like that. That no Nuberg will not take a medal this year. But then he's always showing up in top, top form. Um, he was, yeah, he's been running some okay races in the last few weeks. So, and he's, he said that his form is good. Uh, so I, I will not write him off. And I know that the terrain should suit him well. He was living Christian Sand for quite some years. So um, he's he... definitely a guy to watch out for. And also, I've seen my brother on the start list. Um, and apparently, he's been training. A little bit in the last month so yeah with the with the national team guys already focusing on the sprint in their mind and in the training uh, and if Olav has been training yeah maybe five six times a week uh, the last three four weeks yeah I, I i wouldn't rule him out from the fight for a medal uh, he said that his goal is to do better than he did two years ago when he was struggling with injuries then I think he was number 16. So the top 15, that should be no problem if he's been training for a few weeks. So I'm, I think he can be in the top top six fight at least. Maybe maybe for a medal. But yeah, we will see. I think uh, the terrain suits uh, both him and um, Nubag. As you mentioned, Nubag has been living in, uh, in Kazansan and he has uh, probably also been training in that terrain um, 20 years ago or something. But uh, yeah, he knows the terrain. Uh, but uh, from the middle, we jumped to the relay the last day there. Yeah, so if we start with the women's, uh, I guess we have a massive, probably the biggest favorite of the entire Norwegian Championship weekend is the New Dance women team in the, in the relay. They are really good and they've been winning a lot the last few years. So I'm going for Nydalen as the victory, uh, Anthony in second place, and then Nydalen second team in third place. But uh, Nydalen had uh, to have a sprint finish uh, there last year against uh, Anthony. Yeah, uh, but I think Anthony team is not as strong this year as they were last year, while the Nydalen team is equally strong or maybe even better than last year. 
So yeah, Nidalen Anthony and Nidalen again. This and in the men's class, it was a double for uh, Anthony last year. Will they um, manage that again? It's not impossible. Uh, I mean, it's not even impossible that we will see a full Anthony podium. Uh, I don't think it will happen. Uh, but I've gone for two medals for Anthony. So, yeah, I'm going for Anthony to take the gold medal. And I'm going for Anthony to take the bronze medal. And then I picked Uppsal uh, as the team in second place. Um, I think they have three guys that have been running really well the last few weeks. Um, and Vegar Vesigo seems to be in really, really good form. Uh, so I think he will beat Anthony's second team in 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 the, in the final part for a silver medal. And then, I, of course, there will be a lot of teams that can be challenging for a medal. Halden, definitely. Uh, hopefully, Tirving will be fighting for a medal. And maybe some surprise, maybe, yeah. Nidal is always up there. Maybe Frul could be a contender. Uh, but we will see. Uh, but I expect uh, domination by Anthony in the men's relay. And if we jump from uh, Norwegian champs to Finnish champs, there will be a long distance up in Juensu in a really interesting forest terrain there um, with a qualifier on Saturday and a final on Sunday, as far as I know. Yeah, so, yeah, with uh, Ole now injured, he will not be on the start list. So I think that opens up the men's class a little bit because I think he would be the big, big favorite if he was on the start list. Um, so I've just gone for, yeah, quickly the top three. Uh, in the women's class, Venla Hario, Mia Nittinen and Ida Hapala. And then in the men's class, uh, Mika Kirimula, Eetu Savolainen. And then for the last place on the podium, I go for Alexis Sorsa. And um, uh, we also have uh, this qualifier for uh, the Europeans um, uh, in the Sweden. Uh, they was uh, supp- uh, supposed to have it in uh, in Italy, but uh, they will now have it in Dalarna in Avesta. Uh, we uh, it's, uh, we should not get any guessings there, but uh, yeah, uh, we know that. Um, the Finnish uh, know the Swedes have a lot of good sprinters and will be really exciting to see. And it's also always challenging for the Swedish coach to select uh, teams for uh, yeah, champs and World Cup races. Definitely. Uh, so I think those races will be really interesting to see uh, how it turns out. Um, and then we will see how the selection turns out after that. Uh, and uh, you just have to keep on listening to even national or interior podcast. Then you will uh, get all the results next week with some uh, nice interviews also. Isn't that right, Ivo? Yes. Thanks for uh, this week and we'll be back in one week. Bye-bye. Miss Navigil Noros, I'm a mediocre Norwegian middle and long distance runner, 3K PB 741. If you want to keep up on the toes, listen to the new orienteering podcast. Ivo National Orienteering Podcast Map and Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition Running like a motherfucker Ivo National Orienteering Podcast